Hey guys, the following podcast is a Lady Gang Network and Podcast One production, which means it's going to be awesome. So, Jamie, I just um, want to remind all of our listeners that we have a cute little Instagram. It's yes. at Mama Said Podcast. And my goal is to get us 10K, not because I want 10,000 followers, because I want to do a swipe up for our listeners yeah. because it is so easy. And when we have um, brands that we're working with and we ha- when we love something, we could just do a swipe up and it can so easily get our our followers there. So um, if you guys are not following us, please go to at Mama Said Podcast and give us a follow, share with your friends, and we will be doing more and more fun giveaways and sharing what we love. Um, so follow us and thank you. Yes. And also we're all thinking about the holidays a little bit. And in that time, you know, I want to just remind you guys about the little line I collaborated with, with Finn and Emma of cute teas and onesies that go from newborn to 4T. Um, it's all organic, super soft with sayings that mean a lot now more than ever, like product of quarantine. And this this too shall pass. Yes. I love that. Love is love because that's the truth. So anyway, head to Mama Said Podcast, give us a follow and finnandemma.com um, if you've got a gift to give or for your littles yourselves. Hey, mamas. Uh, we have another wonderful show for you today. We have the incredible Lathan Thomas, Glow Mama herself. She is here to talk with us all about her journey of being a doula and the communal safety net that that brings to others. But she also sheds light on the embedded systemic racism in our healthcare system and why it is so crucial to raise awareness and the way that she explains things truly floor Jenna and I. We were so appreciative of her and we know you will feel the same. She's an incredible woman and citizen and human and we just can't wait to share the show with you. Um, But before we do that, support for today's episode comes from Progressive Insurance. Fun fact, Progressive customers qualify for an average of six discounts when they sign up for Progressive Auto Insurance. Discounts for things like enrolling in automatic payments, insuring more than one car, going paperless, and of course, being a safe driver. Plus, customers who bundle their auto with home or ad renters insurance save an average of 12% on their auto. There are so many ways to save when you switch, and once you're a customer with Progressive, you get unmatched claim service with 24-7 support online or by phone. It's no wonder why more than 20 million drivers trust Progressive and why they've recently climbed to the third largest auto insurer in the country. Get a quote online at Progressive.com in as little as five minutes and see how much you could be saving. Auto insurance from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Home and renter's insurance not available in all states. Provided in service by affiliated and third-party insurers. Discounts vary and are not available in all states and situations. Thanks for listening and being a part of Mama Said. And thanks in advance for supporting these sponsors in this episode. They help us have this much fun with you every week for free. So enjoy the show. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. No one said being a parent would be easy, but now you don't have to go through it alone. Actress and mother of two, Jamie Lynn Sigler, has teamed up with musician and stay-at-home mother of two, Jenna Paris, to create a safe place where you can confess your worst mommy sins and still feel like you're killing the mommy game. This is Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. Hello, everybody. I'm Jamie. Hi, I'm Jenna Paris. How you doing? (laughs) Um, how are you guys? Uh, we hope you're well. We know we all just had Halloween. Um, and I was really inspired by how creative people got. I mean, I think we all, you know, we said we were all doing this for our kids, but I think it was for us too, to still have that sense of like normous, normalcy and celebration. Um, absolutely. I agree with that. So instead of, I guess, just specific win fails, I think we could just share how we spent our Halloweens. What we did. I love that idea. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to? It's up to you. (laughs) Okay. I'll go. I'll go. All right. Um, so we moved to, you know, Malibu and we're in this community where it's just super cute. There's a bunch of kids here. A lot of them go to school with each other. Um, so they've created their own pods and they live here. So it's, it's just like a, a really good mix of ages and kids and like the little ones stick together and the big ones stick together. So what they did here um, is uh, everyone had signs um, because there's not a lot of kids here and there's also, 
not a lot of people who are living here right now. So it was very empty. Um, everyone had a sign said that said like, come here for trick or treating or don't. So it was optional. Um, a lot of rules, a lot of masks. Um, and our little like pod crew just wa- zigzagged around the four or five streets around this area and, and got some candy and played with each other and dressed up and it felt, um, just so great. And the kids needed it. I didn't even, you know, care if they were on a sugar high. I was like, this is, this is just exactly what, what the doctor ordered. Yeah. And it was, and it was great. It was so cute. It was the first Halloween that Daisy could really take it in. Mm -hmm. You know, she's almost three and it like, it meant something to her this year. So it was, it was really cute. She was Elsa and Milo was a vampire. And like, I was, I did his face makeup and he just like looked great. Thank you. Um, so yeah, it was fun. I did not dress up and I'm kind of bummed about that, but I couldn't put my, I couldn't put, I couldn't pull my shit together. Um, (laughs) and that's it. So it was fine. I was a tired mom, not a costume. That's real life. By the way, that's my life. Um, okay, talk uh, well, to me. That's super cute. I'm glad it's like you're living in your own little bubble there. And, yeah. you know, I think that that's so great for you and your kids. And I think this move, you followed your gut and I think it was the real right move for you and your family. And Thanks. I'm really proud of you that you did it. Thank you. Um, okay. So for us, um, Halloween's a big deal to my kids. I mean, Jack, I think just kind of got it. He, mm. he loves a holiday like his mama, we're realizing. And so by the way, cute. when you just said Daisy's almost three, can you believe that our babies are almost three? Nope. It's so crazy. So crazy. Where the fuck did the time go? Oh, yeah. 2020 was a wash. Forgot. Yeah. Well, we can listen to all the mama says and <laughs> listen to their whole lives. I know. Uh, but um, so, you know, we've loved the decorations. I have had Halloween decorations out since September. So we were ready oh for this God. day. And my friend Lance Bass um, loves a holiday too. So he decorated the whole front side of his house as like the creepiest. Oh my God. Like (gasps) Halloween baby dead baby Mike Myers like with creepy music. Oh my God. But our kids are little enough that they weren't scared. I mean, except Bo. So Bo was Harry Potter and Jack was a baby ghost. Oh my God. And we went with this other family that we um, pod with my best friend, Stephanie and her two kids. And we walked there and we got there and the kids kind of like walked through it. It was super cute. And I kept having to remind Bo, like, that's not real. That's yeah. not real. I'll send you some pictures of him. Like kind of like unsure. I would be scared. That's scary for me. But then when they got to their backyard, he, they hid candy everywhere. Like it oh. was um, Easter. So oh my they gosh. just ran with their bags and collected candy and had brunch. So that was really fun. That's so cute. Oh, it was during the day? Yeah, it was at 10 o'clock in the morning. That's so cute. And then at night, shockingly, when the kids were eating dinner, Cutter was like, hey, let's do something fun. And he's not that dad. He's a great dad, but he's not one that like thinks. Like the spontaneous. Yeah. No. He's like, all right, I'll play with them. Yeah. Okay, babe, what are you thinking? He's like, let's gather any costumes that we can find for ourselves and have them knock on each, we'll close every bedroom door and we'll be behind there as a different costume and answer and they can trick or treat to us. Oh my God, that's so cute. All these decorations, like these creepy skulls that light up and all these, we made the hallway super dark. Yeah. All the pumpkins lit up and we had like scary music playing. We told them to wait in the living room. They waited really nicely, no fighting. And we just dressed up behind each door. So the first door, I was Superwoman. Ah, that's Uh, so cute. Second door, he was like Frankenstein. I have to share you my nest cam video of me trying to get ready as a mummy wrapping toilet paper on myself. So oh my God. The funniest part is once I wrapped myself, I had to walk to the door and I couldn't see anything. It so reminds I- me It reminds <laughs> me of that 90210 episode of Donna Martin walking like this in her mermaid costume. By the way, it was like that, but I also couldn't see. So I was like looking like a dead zombie, like oh my God. like my hands all in front of me trying to please, find out where I was. Please share that on Mama's Dead Instagram. But anyway, it was like it was it was just, we felt like it was a success, but Bo came up to me afterwards because then we had a dance party in the hallway. Yeah. And he was like, Hey mom, 
this was awesome. And I was oh, like, oh, melt, melt your heart. I can't remember the last time he said something like oh that. Oh my God. So that is just, so cute. That and is it, so like, sweet. Maybe like, I was like so turned on by Cutter because I'm like, you had an idea. And you had an idea. I was like so into my husband. <laughs> I'm going to blow you because you have the best ideas tonight. But I was excited. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get real. Oh it's still oh my God. Anyway, uh, we know this week is stressful. We know it's coming to a head of everything that we have been talking about. Um, so what time than now what a better time than to hear from the exquisite latham thomas today um i think it worked out so perfectly that today is her episode don't you oh my god yes we i god this was a good one yeah really poignant she she's incredible i remember after after we were both like whoa yeah yeah and 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 then this week where we're talking about change and voting and how people feel i think she is a Beautiful light in this world. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Latham Thomas. Hey guys. So we are focusing on keeping things clean more than ever, I feel. But sometimes we forget the kind of nasty odors that come along with the things like we need to clean. For instance, your gym is kind of in your house now, so it might be smelling like one too. Or your four-legged friends, pretty cute, but they kind of stink and leave it on your towels and blankets. Or kids, I mean, think about the tough laundry odors from kids with the sports and the clothes and the socks and the summer sweat. I mean, I can go on. So enter OxyClean Odor Blasters. OxyClean Odor Blasters is a special formulation to tackle the toughest odors in your home, not just cover them up. You have got to try OxyClean Odor Blasters for yourself. To work your magic with OxyClean, go to OxyClean.com slash try me and order a free sample. That's OxyClean.com slash T-R-Y-M-E for a free odor blaster sample while supplies last. Holiday season is the best and it is the official stuff your face all you can eat and no judge by it season. So you do you boo. With all of the holiday roasts you'll be doing, I have the perfect cooking tool for you so you don't mess any meals up. They will be able to tell the turkey's dry, even if it's over a Zoom call. So you guys, it's called Meter and it is my favorite tool in my kitchen. You can use it in the oven, the grill, the smoker, the air fryer. I make a turkey. I'm always afraid of whether it's done or not. And my husband is very annoying and he's always checking if my chicken is done. And you just stick it in, immediately gives you the temperature read and boom, you know, your rib roast, your whole turkey, everything. There's also an app. You guys, you need to get meter in your kitchen. I promise you, you'll be using it all the time. It is the easiest, most convenient thing. So for you guys, just for you guys, you will get 10% off with code MAMA at M-E-A-T-E-R.com. Again, that's 10% off when you use code MAMA at meter.com. Let Meter help make your holiday meals absolutely perfect. This is Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. Our guest today's purpose is supporting women in embracing optimal wellness and spiritual growth, especially during their childbearing years. As a celebrity doula and maternal wellness expert, she is the founder of Mama Glow, a global women's health and education brand that supports women and families during the fertility period, pregnancy, and as well as postpartum. Her book, Own Your Glow, A Soulful Guide to Luminous Living and Growing the Queen Within, released on June 16th. Please welcome the beautiful Latham Thomas. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, You know, we've had um, a handful of doulas join us in, you know, almost the past two years of doing Mama Said. And I just think it's just such, you all have such like so many of the same qualities. I think it just takes a really special type of human to devote their this because it really is just such a special field. And we would just love to begin by hearing from you and just how, what, what was your calling to become a doula? Uh, this journey for me really started with my pregnancy of my son, who's 17 now. He just turned 17 um, in July. And living in New York City, coming from California, I am from Cali, born and um, raised in California, born in Southern California, raised in Oakland. And those of us who are from the West Coast know that there's like this kind of um, 
you know, it's like more aligned with the earth, a little bit more hippie, a little bit more like 20 years ahead from every other place in the country when it comes to like health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the things that I could have access to in California weren't even like people weren't even thinking about New York. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, if we can think back to 17 years now for all of us, you know, we're really used to our smartphones. We're really comfortable with like our apps. We live seamlessly between technology and like virtual life and actual life. 17 years ago, there was no iPhone. Mm-hmm. There was no, um, there was no uh, internet the way we know it, right? You know, websites were like ugly and flexible. There were like maybe two or three family oriented websites or pregnancy oriented and there was, and you also didn't trust the internet the way we trust it now. It was like this thing that we didn't think was going to last. Do you know what I mean? And so okay. it was like, yeah, let me ask a friend for a recommendation, not the internet. Right. And so we're so lucky, I think now to have access to these tools and to have the ability to navigate um, parenthood with more options and resources. There's also a double-edged sword because there's so much information that's really yeah. hard for people to navigate. Right. And yeah. so for me, having like a lack of information really created a, um, a breeding ground for me to do a lot of learning. And so I vetted practitioners, I vetted services, products in that entire period and came up with what would become like the rudiments of my first book, Mama Glow, and which was on pregnancy in the postpartum period. And, um, and then my son was born in that I think everything that I experienced in that time was sort of poured into that first book, which came out in 2012. That experience though was amazing. I birthed at a place called Elizabeth Seton childbearing center. It's on 14th street. It used to be on 14th street in um, the city. And if anybody knows 14th street, Chelsea, that was a very popular area to go out at night. And so you knew, if you knew Nels, if you used to live right there, up and yeah. down or in the Darby, like that's right next door. My son the was Darby, yes. Oh so he thinks he was born in a nightclub. I used to be like, oh, that's where you were born. He's like, I was born in the Darby, you know. But um, so it's like fast forward. You know, this place doesn't exist anymore, and the, the reason why was because maybe um, two months after it shut down, they had um they had increased malpractice insurance premiums. So it was really impossible for midwives to practice and um, to practice in New York city. And a lot of practices closed down. A lot of people weren't able to practice um, home birth in the way they were used to. And so it changed the landscape of birth. And for me, my experience was so empowering. I had this out of body experience where my ancestors visited me in my birth. It was so beautiful oh, and transformative. Wow. I knew that I wanted to help people, right? And so I sort of sought to, to do the work then, but it took years before I would kind of get to a place where I could do it, right? I had an infant, you know, um, navigating like new parenthood was interesting. And so once my son was a teeny bit older, then that's when I kind of started the path. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so Mama Glow is, 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 um, a place for, to educate women to become doulas as well. Like there's a homeschool program I read, right? Yeah. So we have a global doula training program. Um, it started in 2018. It's in New York, LA, Miami, and Paris where we have hubs. And then, uh, now we're online. So it's obviously global for online. It was global before we had students from all across the, the world and six continents represented. And wow. even now we have more students uh, that are international because of the homeschool program, allowing people to come from any part of the world. Right. Um, and so those programs are monthly and um, we have been doing them since quarantine only because quarantine really forced everybody inside right Right. otherwise we did live classes everywhere Mm -hmm. right so um so yeah so it's a great place for people to come who want to be educated in learning how to support birthing people they want to be um you know sort of come to also be in relationship with their own healing that a dialogue around you know uh, their own bodies and experiences they've had that may have been traumatic or or even empowering and and wanting to sort of carry that forward and, and hold the torch um, in, in this space. Right. So 
we do have people who've, who've had previous birth experiences. Um, we've had people who've never had babies before. We have people who've had multiple kids and they're on the other side of their life and they're thinking about something for a new career path. So like we have people from like 17 to 66 and yeah, I was going to ask actually. So, um, what does a doula training kind of look like? How many months, how many years is there some certificate that you have to get? If someone's listening to this podcast and I'm assuming a lot of mothers are, and maybe this is the calling of one of our moms, describe what that is. Yeah. Sure. So every training is different, right? Like depending on the organization. So you think about schools and if you're thinking about like a college and a liberal arts program, um, what that might look like versus a, um, you know, music conservatory program versus a um, pre-med program, right? Like, so all the programs are really different based on sort of what um, a person's unique needs are, but also so really what the values are for that program. So for us, we're really rooted in um, birth equity and, and um, reproductive justice as a framework to look at the maternal health landscape, but also every single juncture of the reproductive journey, right? And so we're not just teaching about birth. Birth is critical and it's central to the work, but we're also looking at menses. We're looking at pregnancy. We're looking at birth. We're looking at abortion and loss. We're looking at stillbirth. We're looking at breastfeeding and we're looking at perimenopause, right? So these are all junctures that show up for many of us along the journey, um, you know, as we, as we navigate our lives. And so, so part of our work is to be able to show up at those different um, entry points, right? And be able to guide people, to be able to educate, support, because you know that in any of those experiences, you could think back to when you had your first period, if you can think back to when you were pregnant and right after you had your first child, if you could think about like any of these points, right? Cause what, that's where most of us are right in our lives. There was no support, right? Like people mm-hmm. pretend like they're going to show up. Right. And people swear they're going to come cook for you and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And then when it's time, nobody shows up because we have designed a culture that's built systems against caregiving. We do not know how to take care of each other. Even it's like explicitly displayed in a time like this in COVID-19, right? Where there's no support and nobody knows how to show up for anyone. And people are taking care of their kids by themselves and trying to homeschool and trying to do all the things that, again, if we were in a society that was um, where you had a birth village, right? You would have people to lean on. You would have folks to, you know, come and help you. And so because that doesn't exist in the way that it should in the, in the United States, you know, the doula kind of fits a lot of the gaps, right? That you see culturally would be um, taking place in other parts of the world, right? You would have your mm. whole family swarm in and they would do the things that doulas do birth and postpartum wise uh, to support clients. And so, um, so I think that's one thing. And then I think as far as the education, you know, it can be, um, is as little as like we used to do our intensive weekends that would be like three days, like, I mean, really long days. And then they would have outside of those uh, three days, they would have a year long um, independent program where they have to do the work. Um, they have an online community, they have uh, homework groups, they have professional development support. They have like, I mean, so they're constantly in interaction. Um, but it is a, and there was like a global community of them to like connect with each other and, and do work together. Um, but um, I would say the minimum amount of time really our programs are formatted like six weeks so they can do the homework in between and really sit with um, their homework groups and, and do as again, it's still intensive because you have a life. Right. Yeah. Um, and so even what I'd love to do, I think about the future, like even expanding that longer to be like, once a month, like there's a big monthly focus, but because of people's lives, you know, we really have to adjust to the modern lifestyle, right? Which people can't commit to something for 10 months, you know? So six weeks, it's like once a week, you know, this time of day I can be disciplined. And so we've designed for that and that's worked really well for our community. And at the end of that, um, you asked about the certificate. There is a certificate of completion of that program. And then once you complete all of the requirements for the course, then you get like a, a certificate for that. And that's, you know, for 
um, you know, for hiring purposes, that's for purposes of um, if you were to go into hospitals or anything like that and they want to see verification. Right, um, credentials, yeah. Yeah, for any credential to, to enter into any of the spaces you want to support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love hearing you talk about that because it's, I think, contrary to men, like you're saying, like women, we're always evolving almost into like this another stage of life and our body and a relationship with ourselves. And the idea of somebody being there to support you, it like makes me realize the lack of support. Like you're saying that we have through those, those moments. And it's, I think it's just a beautiful thing to put out there and pay attention to and educate because my God, I can, I mean, I've talked candidly on this podcast too, where I I'm 39, but I, because of um, hereditary stuff and because of certain symptoms, I feel like I'm entering into perimenopause, like a perimenopausal stage. And it's, it's scary for me to be so young and and going into this. And I'm grateful that I have an OB that's kind of um, like transitioning into a bit of a role similar to you and supporting women through that. And it, and it's been a game changer for me because without that support, it's, it's unnecessarily difficult. Yeah. Support is so key and we evolved for support, right? Like yeah, and to do these things alone, you're not meant to go through any life transitions alone. And, um, and it's unfortunate that we sort of uh, have adopted this sort of rugged individualism, this idea of independence versus interdependence as a mantra. And so you have people who go out in the world and sort of overlay, um, male work patterns onto like our way of being, which is not always aligned. Right. And so when you think about like what it looks like when you go through, you know, a time of crisis or of discomfort or of stress or anxiety, like the approach is to seek supportive networks, right? It's like, who's Mm -hmm. there to kind of swaddle me through this moment. That's what we do. Right. And so, and everything about this moment we're in denies us that it's like no be six feet apart don't hug don't be together don't gather it's like what it's like everything about like what soothes us and our nervous systems and kind of primes us for well-being is rooted in us coming together and so it's so important that you have that it's so important that you have a practitioner that that allows you to feel that because um that's how you can also be um, a real stakeholder in your well-being on this journey as well and make sure that you're communicative of what you're feeling and, and have the right um, supports in place. So I, I love that that's already a part of your, um, you know, of your reproductive team, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and what you're saying of, you know, this whole time of, of quarantine in the past couple of months or all 2020 really you know, the idea of all of this separation that's happened, I think, you know, I'm hopeful that it, it will cause for a greater appreciation and need for it when we're, when we feel safe enough to be able to reconvene in that way. But another thing that it's done has really caused us to stop in our tracks and see what's happening. Yeah. And, you know, and with the Black Lives Matter movement, I think a lot of information has come that is probably not new information. But, but information that's important and, and tragic. And, and one of, and particularly, I'm talking about the statistic that Black women are eight to 12 times more likely to die as a result of pregnancy and birth-related issues. I mean, that's, that's devastating. And is this something that's, that's been happening for a long time that we're just really now, unfortunately, paying attention to? Yeah, so um, that statistic... Uh, is specific to New York City, mm-hmm. but um, okay. but around the country, it's still you know it's uh, four to five times more likely um, Black women are to die uh, during childbirth or due to childbirth related causes than white women, and that figure yeah it spikes in places like New York right so that number that mm-hmm. you shared is is um, is really appalling, and. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, this has been a sort of 25-year increase in um, Black maternal deaths. So we've seen this creeping up over the past uh, quarter century. Um, I would also say that uh, it is something that we've known, but I would say that it became, became more 
prominent in terms of reporting in the past three years. We've seen really seminal pieces come out, like ProPublica, New York Times uh, presented a couple pieces that were really, um, I think that went viral and that mm-hmm. kind of sparked a national outcry, which also, I believe, helped with policy, policy shifts. And so since then, we've seen a lot of bills come, um, you know, to, to Congress. We've seen a lot of packages of bills be presented um, that address um, maternal deaths and, and specifically um, Black maternal health. So uh, there is an awareness. I think the the issues that people don't realize, though, are that, you know, we're, we're talking about sort of like um, something that's been hundreds of years in the making, right? It's not like, oh, all of a sudden this started yeah. happening, but this is hundreds of years in the making. And, and when we talk about, you know, this, this uh, incredible resurgence with like Black Lives Matter and, and uh, an awareness around social injustice, you know, um, the, the issue around like Black life and protecting Black life, you know, really has to start um, before birth, right? So we have to really be thinking about not just um, when someone is is lying on the ground with like a knee on their neck, but we have to be thinking about what are the forces working on someone and against someone before they're born, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that look like? Like, what are the impediments to um, you being able to thrive through life, right? And these impediments include you know, housing insecurity and redlining, job insecurity. It includes um, environmental uh, uh, racism, which is like, you know, part of the redlining and placing people east and east areas that are east, you know, receive Mm -hmm. all the downwind, which is like looted, right? And so you have people with high asthma and and, um, wow. you know, other types of uh, lung uh, issues, lung development issues, right? We think about water and access to clean water and how Flint is still in a water crisis, right? right. We think about, you know, the uh, food insecurity and how uh, you can walk in any neighborhood where there is a predominantly white or upper middle class uh, community and they will have access to uh, fresh produce, um, whole foods, things of that nature, and you can go into any community of color, but specifically black communities, there's going to be uh, liquor stores, there's convenience stores, the mm-hmm. um, produce is limited, um, It is the turnover is not high, so it's not really good quality. And, um, and then there's more convenient foods and packaged foods, right, that are, um, you know, aren't good for you. And so, you know, and then what are they having in the, the uh, refrigerator cases? It's liquor, it's sodas, right? Mm-hmm. And so then we're talking about like, you know, poor access to food, right? Not having um, access to uh, free environmental and open space. Like where's the green space, right? Mm-hmm. And so not having access to green space to kind of um, help to really uh, unpack the blow, right, of, of um economic stress of chronic stress of of racial stress like all these things that show up right not being able to like lay in the grass because there's no grass right you have to be in your apartment because it's not safe like there's all these things that factor into um and that are systemic right that factor into um the sort of health issues that we see and these cross along economic barriers too we see people who are you know, who have all of the money, who still have like poor birth outcomes, look at Serena Williams, who had all of the money, Mm -hmm. and she almost had a pulmonary embolism, right? Right. Almost died after her birth, right? And so, you know, Beyonce too had an emergency C-section with her twins, again, like preeclampsia. It's like, how is it that we have these people who have, who should have all the access, all the money, should be able to anticipate their needs, and mm-hmm. they don't even have a fair shot, right? So if I'm someone who is lower income, I don't really know what I should know because, you know, my practitioner is not sharing great information with me, neglecting me. I have turnover with my practitioner. So I don't even have the same person as I had before when I last came into my appointment because now somebody else has me. They don't know my health history. My records are being shuffled. It's like, who's going to know what I need, right? And so there's so many things. And if I go in, symptomatic, I'm perceived as impervious to pain. I'm perceived as strong. 
I'm perceived as, um, you know, uh, not really uh, as indestructible, right? So, mm -hmm. so I don't really need attention right away. And we also know that the, the average for um, Black people to sit inside of a, an emergency room is a minimum of two hours in the ER waiting, right, to be seen. And so, like, this can lead to lethal outcomes, right? Like, all of these things together, right, mm -hmm. can lead to lethal outcomes. And so, really, what we're talking about is, like, a system, right, that's sort of been designed to um, really center one type of person as, like, the default human, right, which are white males, right? Everybody else is a default, right? Mm -hmm. Like, everyone else is, like, a, um, like, a, it's, it, you know, it's a standard, I should say, right? The white male is a standard, which means that all of our testing, research, everything starts with, with them, right? Any clinical trials, like it's to yes. actually improve health outcomes for them. Of first, course, yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. Then everybody else falls down. So if, there, so if there's to be any tests, if there's to be any research, if there's to be any, anything that's supposed to um, impact me, I'm not seen in that research. Right. I'm not seeing my data is not collected properly. Right. Like I don't, I'm not going to be considered um, because again, like I vary from, I deviate from the standard. Right. So, so for people to understand, it's really that deep. It's really that yeah. embedded. Right. And when people talk about like, well, how is it that like race is like, no, it's like one of the places where like everything should be like, you should go in, you should be safe. And it's like, how could it not be woven so deeply? It's woven deeply into everything, right? Racism and so, and, but deeply woven into the medical system. And, and I would also say this I've one never, thing. About, I, I've never heard it described so. Neither have I. And I was going to say that as well. So not, I, want, I don't want to say perfect. I, I've never understood it so well up until Correct. you just laid it all yeah. out for us. Yeah, I I know I I know these facts. I, I I'm well aware of them. I just I've never heard it explained the way you did before, which is like so easy for everyone to understand. Uh, and, and and yeah, I just that I'm just in shock and blown away because I, I I I've never I've never honed in on the medical system before like you mm -hmm. just. Did. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. and that's it. it it's like a trickle of like it. It leads to everything. Like if there's not a good medical system for the black community, it, it just leads to everything. I mean, health, wellness, death. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm upset. <laughs> but I think the other thing for people to know too, right, is that the relationship that like black people and people of color have with the medical system is also really fraught, right? And there's a lot of mistrust because of things that have happened because of experimentation without consent. Um, forcible, yeah. I mean, we, we just have had this report about, you know, these hysterectomies that were happening um, yes. at the ICE facilities, right? ICE, yeah. And so again, this has been a, a long history here, you know, with eugenics programs in the United States. Mm -hmm. and, and so there's been a lot of people who've, gone in thinking they had one condition left with organs missing, yeah. you know what I mean? Like without yeah. consent, you know? And so this idea that, you know, something happens to someone, you know, and you hear that story, you mistrust now, right? Yeah. This yeah. has to happen to you to have that mistrust. And so we know these things happen. And so, and, and this, this experimentation was happening during chattel slavery through the 1970s. And even in some um, prison facilities, this stuff happens. Right. And so, so there's a lot of mistrust. And so I think that's a big piece for people to understand. And the other thing I would want people to understand too, is that we're specifically focusing on, you know, how this affects like the black community. But when I talk about these issues inside of the medical system, and we talk about how, you know, the, the white male is like the standard, well, that means like everyone is a deviation. So that means that sort of the, the sort of veil of white supremacy includes racism. It includes sexism. It includes ableism. It includes ageism, right? It includes homophobia. It includes transphobia, right? It in all of those things. And so that means that if I come in and I'm 16 years old, 
I'm not treated well, right? If I'm 42 years old, I'm not treated well. If I come in with a same-sex partner, we have a really bad experience usually, right? If I come in with... um, a different type of family configuration, right? Like if I'm not married with my partner, my mother comes with me or a cousin, we're treated differently. If I come in and, you know, I'm uh, disabled in some way, I'm treated differently, right? So there's all of this also plays into it. And, um, and so, you know, there's a lot of people who will have stories that are similar to stories that I might talk about or, or people that I know might talk about because of where they fit in these intersections as well, right? So it, it really affects so many people. Hey, mommies. So my two kids just went back to preschool, and it's obviously been a minute. So all I can think about is their immune system. So I have started giving them elderberry super immune soft melts. All Child Life Essentials vitamins are non-GMO, gluten-free, no artificial colors, flavors, fillers, or sweeteners, and wait, it gets better. They are allergen-free and pediatrician-developed. Child Life Essential Elderberry Super Immune Soft Melts provide a unique combination of immune-boosting ingredients in each tasty tablet for optimal immune support. They are also individually packaged for freshness and makes it convenient to pack for on-the-go days. Sick days are inevitable, mommies, but Elderberry Super Immune Soft Melts may protect little ones and blossom their immune response. For 10% off, use the code Mama Said on iHerb.com. That's I-H-E-R-B.com, U.S. only. Okay, I want to talk to you about something that came to our door. We um, have them as a sponsor. It is uh, the kids' obsession right now, and it is called KiwiCo. Actually, when we had it delivered, my husband was like, I was about to buy this for the kids. It's amazing. So you guys, while the holidays may look a little different this year, the season of giving is in full swing. So if you have a child yourself or a grandchild or a niece or a nephew, friends, little cousins, whatever, you have to get them KiwiCo. It's good for their brains. It's these art projects. It's um, you, you build things from start to finish. It's very, very simple instructions and it creates an incredible project and the kids feel so good after doing them. So we did this little, um, this little rainforest thing for Daisy. It came with like a, a cardboard a tube and we decorated and put the stickers on it. And then it became this beautiful tree. And, and we put something in the tube of the rainforest where it created this beautiful sound. And she just felt so, so proud of herself. And I can't recommend KiwiCo more. I'm just so impressed by this company. So KiwiCo is redefining learning with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. And there's really something for every kid or kid at heart at KiwiCo. So get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code mama said at KiwiCo.com. That is 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com. And the promo code is mama said. You're listening to Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. Lathan, I mean, I'm just going to echo what Jenna said. I mean, I, I too have felt like I've, I've done the work to, to try and deeply understand how broken our, our systems are. But um, the way you've just so beautifully laid it out and tragically, you know, the, what we're learning. Um, thank you. Because on behalf of us and our listeners, I think this is really important and this, and, and you have made it. So we, people who haven't maybe been able to understand can really understand what people are saying when they're talking about systemic racism, because this, this is what that is. And I, I I'm just, we're just so grateful to you for, for that as well as you just being on the show and speaking about everything else, because it's, it's just so, so, so very important. And I'm so beyond moved as well, Jenna, and, and upset. And it, I, this may seem like um, a, 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 a strange question or a question that might seem, you know, naive, but like, how, what, what, what more can we do? Like, what, what, where, where do we go from here? What, what, what can we do right now? Yeah, lots can be done. Great. Um, so a couple things I would say to start. Um, one is if you're somebody who's listening and you have been feeling the call to approach birth work in some capacity, whether that's as a midwife, as a doula, mm-hmm. a mental health provider, 
um, someone who might be doing yoga or Reiki or any of these sort of healing arts that can benefit people on this journey, do that, right? Like pursue mm. that, pursue that with haste because, you know, the work is needed. And, um, and so if you're feeling like, you know, you've been putting something on the back burner, this is really the time to do so. I think especially this time, this year has presented to, I think each of us, um, an awareness that, our lives need to be fulfilling and, um, and that if we can be doing something that helps to uh, change the world or improve our communities in some way that we should, we should seek to do that. So, so if you feel called, um, there's many, um, pathways to support. Uh, if you're not interested in doing birth work, but you're really interested in supporting it, you can um, contribute to a midwifery fund. There's a lot of, there's a lack of midwives of color right? Um, Native American midwives, we need more of, we need more black midwives, we need more Latinx midwives. So you can go to a program and you can look to see if they have a scholarship program, if they have a fund specifically for people of color um, and that you can contribute to so that those people can have um, the support, the financial support um, and what that might look like, whether that's for their um, tuition, whether that's for books or anything like that, it can be helpful because education is cost prohibitive for so many. Same thing with doulas, right? Um, we have a, a donation uh, button on our website for people who want to sponsor and support doulas because it is cost prohibitive for many people. And in quarantine, lots of people got fur- furloughed, lots of people lost their jobs, their homes, people had to move back to places and, you know, their lives are upside down. And so for people who might still want to make a difference and who might have the time on their hands to do so, it might not be something that they can afford, right? Yeah. So being able to to donate, um, and it does, it could be really any amount, you know, people think like, oh, I don't have a million dollars, I can't, you know, be, um, you know, I can't give. But really any amount can support, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can do something, you can do recurring $5 a month, you can do recurring $20, you can do $1,000, mm-hmm. like whatever it is that works for you, um, you can do that. And I would say find a local organization that's doing really great work on the ground to support maternal health. Um, you know, there's such great global and I would say national organizations that are really well funded. And there's also organizations in your community that have like no funding support and they spend all of their money, I mean, all their energy applying for grants. They spend all their energy, um, creating reports to get money and they actually can't do the work because they're like, you know, underfunded. So pour money into those organizations. Also or some of your, um, you know, roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty and actually contribute if you have something that you're good at, if you can help write grants, if you can help, you know, lick envelopes and, and with yeah. stamps or whatever, if you can help to do some phone banking for them, whatever that looks like. Um, mm-hmm. If you're good at graphic design, you can help with a website. Like there's a lot of things that we can yeah. do, right, to advance people. And we also have a maternal health omnibus, which is an act that, um, which was presented at uh, Congress, it has, uh, we, we hope, right, will get signed into law before the end of this year. It extends past the election cycle, so we will still be doing work to kind of continue to get more, um, more people on board with it. But what you can do is bring the awareness to your community to also look to see who, um, you know, what Congress people, you know, have signed on. And if you can get your Congress folks to sign on to it. Um, um, I'm grateful that Senator Kamala Harris was one of the original, um, authors, uh, and I say sponsors of this package of bills. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's really important to have that support because it looks like if she, you know, I mean, hopefully like shit looks different, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, yeah. <laughs> after November 4th and, if things are different, we have a better chance of this being a priority, right? Because mm-hmm. she's someone who, again, was doing lots of work in California, again, yeah. to, to um, advance these conversations in maternal health. So, so look up the Momnibus Act. Uh, the Black Maternal Health Caucus is a, a great uh, cohort of individuals and organizations that are doing this work to sort of shape the way we can uh, create more birth equity. So look into that. And then I would also say, um, finally, would be to continue your education, right? So continue to, you know, go online. There's webinars, there's courses, there's books, there's trainings, there's podcasts. There's all kinds of things that you can 
sort of avail yourself to that um, continues to stretch your mind and, and elevate your consciousness around these issues. And I would just continue to do that and, and speak it, right? Go out in the world and did you know this? Have you heard this? I just learned this. Share it, whether that's through social, right. whether that's through your networks and talking so that people can just understand that this is a reality. It's not yeah. something that's happening behind closed doors or that's happening silently. It is a really pervasive issue and, and we have to wrap our heads around it and, and, and change it, but we have to do it together. So link up with who you can to do that. Oh, again, thank Um, you so much for like explaining so perfectly and and attainably what you can do. You're leaving people not feeling helpless, but empowered, Latham, truly. So thank you so much. And if it's okay to shift gears, because we also want to promote your book, Own Your Glow, just tell our listeners what magic they can find in this book. Yeah. So Own Your Glow is like a really great companion for change. It's like a go-to guide, I think for a moment like this, right, where, you know, we're thinking about, like, what is it that I want to do differently? How do I want to show up in the world? What would that look like if I really leaned into my gifts? You know, it's it's kind of a, a companion for that, like, for self-inquiry and discovery and uncovering, and there's rituals, there's meditations. It's, like, a really beautiful kind of, um, yeah, like a little guide. A lot of people tell, tell me that they they do it like once a year, you know, to like set off their year or they do it in groups. And I think it's really great for, for you to do in connection with someone else to take a journey that you're committed to, to personal yeah. growth. It's that kind of a book. And the paperback came out in 2017, uh, or sorry, the paperback came out this year. The original came out in 2017. So the paperback is great because it's like journal friendly. I was calling it a mm. read, you know, because okay. you could like yeah. be on the beach with it. Um, and it could get wet because that kind of cover that like dries easily, yeah. but we're not on the beach anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's perfect for anywhere. Perfect for anywhere. Anytime. Right. Anywhere. Uh, look, there are times I don't feel totally comfortable in my clothes and who are we kidding? I've eaten way more Halloween candy than I ever should have. And the holidays are about to be here. So for these times I wear shapewear from Shaper Mint Dot com. Shapewear from Shaper Mint smooths you out, makes you feel comfortable, helps boost your confidence. And when you feel confident, you feel empowered. And I can easily find the perfect shapewear for my body because shapermint.com has all the best products and brands. They have tanks, shorts, bodysuits, more. And then guess what? Unlike the leading brands, shapewear from Shaperman is super affordable. In fact, it's half the price. And if you aren't in love with your shapewear purchase, you can exchange or return it within 60 days. No question asks. That's the Shaperman 100% confidence guarantee. You can get up to 60 to 70% off shapewear with Shaperman's ongoing discounts, plus an extra 10% off your order just for being a listener of our show. But you must go to shapermint.com slash mama and use our code mama. That's S-H-A-P-E-R-M-I-N-T dot com slash M-A-M-A, code mama, to get our exclusive listener. Added discount of extra 10% off your order. Again, shapermint.com slash mama and use code mama. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. And if you're among them, know you are not alone and that there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol, with many users raving that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but restored their confidence too. Healthier hair growth takes time, you guys. So you'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. That's no time at all. You can grow thicker, healthy, your hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using promo code MAMA and new customers will get 20% off. This is their best offer available anywhere. Plus you guys, it's free shipping on every single order. So get 20% off at Nutrafol.com and that's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com and the promo code is MAMA. This is MAMA Said with Jamie and Jenna. Well, I mean, we can't thank you enough for sharing um, your knowledge and your heart with us. But before we let you go, I hope that they prepped you. We always ask every guest, it's our favorite part of the show, to share a shitty mommy story. Just so we all feel like not everybody's perfect. Everybody, everybody messes up sometimes. Shitty 
mommy. Yeah, I think all of us, you know, I had a hard time, you know, coming up with the story, not because I think I'm perfect, but because I feel like, you know, I'm always in this dialogue, right, with myself around, like, what can I do differently? What can I do mm-hmm. better? Yes. And, yes. Um, and so one of the things that I think that I do and that I've been really mindful of and trying to do way less, and I've actually done a better job once I, like, promised myself, is um, when my son was born, his dad and I made a commitment that we wouldn't spank, right? Because I grew up with spankings. He grew up, I don't know if he had them or not. I don't remember. But I remember that for him, he was very like, like, what is your belief on discipline? Because mine is that we don't spank. And I was like, oh my God, I came from a family that spanks. I, I don't know, you know? Yeah. And so it was like, I was like, I'm not against it, but like, how do you, like, how do you discipline, right? Like, I didn't have any idea because yeah. I was different. So, you know, the very first time that I guess that he did something, he was so, so small. And I like did, you know, something like this. And he like pulled me aside and was like, oh my God, you can't do this. And he was like, you have to promise me. And I was like, okay, I promise. Like, I won't. Right. And I hadn't like spanked, but it was like a little, I mean, it was, he didn't even respond to the tap on the hand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, um, you know, I, I thought we agreed. I was like, we did agree. And so, um, and so then I never did, right. I never hit him. Never. Like it was totally opposite from my upbringing, which was like, I was spanked like every day. And so like literally, and, and I know what that stems from. And I know that there is like a legacy, you know, especially in our community where like, you know, the discipline spankings, it's, it's bad. It's embedded in the culture. And so it, and it needs to end. Right. And so, um, anyway, uh, fast forward, you know, like the way that I, uh, communicate though, like if I'm pissed or if something's wrong, like I'm raising my voice, right. I'm yelling, whatever it is. And so I, my son's at the age now where it's like that yelling and that getting like, like, I don't have the energy, number one, but, but number two, it's like, it's actually like, if they're meant to like, listen to us and we're and they're in our care and we're supposed to be, you know, like kind and supportive and, you know, like really like examples of good leadership for them. Like, I don't want him yelling at people in the street. I don't want him yelling at people he's in relationships with. Right. So, and I also, and because he's not going to really like yell back at me because there's also this cultural thing of respect. And so he's not going to yell at me, but I get to yell at him. Right. So it was kind of like, I should probably not. Right. And so we had this discussion and I said to him, you know, like right after, cause I felt really bad. Right. And I always felt bad after like going off yeah. on him, whatever. And so I felt really bad. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to do my best to not like scream at you when I get upset about stuff. I'm going to do my best. I'm really, really sorry yeah. that because, because I could see that he was upset visibly. And, yeah. and afterwards I also like, after like I, go off or whatever I'm like holding him and I'm like this is also like really it's like not cool you know yeah. so so anyway long story short what I noticed is that in recent times in our you know whenever something happens like that I've just watched myself and I don't know that I'm like as I don't know what shifted but I watched myself and I'm like whoa like I'm just talking I'm just saying the thing like super calm. Like, look, I, I don't really like that, that did you did that or this, you know, like the expectation was this or, you know, I'm just more calm. And yeah. so I think that like something has shifted. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just that he's older and I don't feel like, and he's taller than me and <laughs> whatever, <laughs> but, but it's like something shifted to where now it's like, I'm, I'm talking to him and about these things that, by the way, he's a good kid. So he's right responsive. Like, oh, right, sure. Right, like, right. And, 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 what I, and what he taught me that also made me feel freaking bad was like, I was, I was upset about something. And I forget what it was. We're on the phone and I'm like, and you, and he's like, oh, cool, mom. Yeah, you know, I understand. Of course, I could understand why you're upset about that. Yeah, I should not have done that. That's my bad. I'm re- I apologize. And I was like, you're like, because he's like, calm 
And he's just like, like, I must have done something right here. Yeah, I was going to say, he learned that from you somewhere, though. But he's responding like, like, I'm not raising my voice, too. I'm not going to feel attacked. Um, Yeah, you're right. I should not have done that. And you know what? I thought about it. It wasn't the right thing to do. I apologize. Um, You know, here's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, is that okay? Like, are, are you cool? Like, is there anything else? And I was like, oh my God, he's so emotionally- He's like shifted into an adult almost. Like, yes. And so how incredible to have that kind of relationship all of a sudden, like to witness that yes. shift. A total- your- oh, yeah. is that what we have I to do? You have it to look forward to because you do have it to look forward to. But again, like he taught me, yeah. in the moment, mm-hmm. don't call up here, like, <gasps> like yeah. don't show up like this, show up calm. Because he mm-hmm. was totally meeting me like, oh, I understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I-, I apologize. I'm like, oh, like it doesn't have to be like, yeah. show up with all this. It's just like, why are you pissed? Just be yeah. like, this thing, it's I, it. I wish you didn't do that, you know? And, and now I'm like in that place that I can be that way because I did not grow up that way. I grew up with it's mm-hmm. yelling, it's beating, yeah. it's you know, it's spanking, it's punishment. It's like I had all of the things. You yelled at, you were spanked, you you had punishment, which my son never gets punished by. First of all, I don't have like the. I mean, probably one of my shitty mom things is that I can't even hold the punishment. Like I can't <laughs> even remember that I said you could do some shit. You know what I mean? I can't even remember. So I'm like, wait, is he, I'm like, he's grounded. I'm like, I don't remember doing that, but you know, so it's like, I can't even hold a punishment. So like, for me, it's like, no, the moment has to be addressed. And then we, and then we talk about like, well, how do we, how do we go from here? And so I think that's what I feel grateful that, Mm. you know, he has really grown into a person who is so emotionally, um, uh, literate yeah. And, and I think that that's really also helped me be responsive to him because we're not like, you know, I'm talking to a whole person, not like someone broken. And I'm showing up to him with my childhood stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm showing up in the yeah. way I was showing up to my mom. And I'm yeah. showing up to my kid. And he's like, no, I'm not, that's not, I'm not that relationship, yeah. right? No, so he's break, helping break that chain, you know? Yeah, it's teaching me. It's teaching me. Yeah, so yeah, I would cool. say there's definitely, there's, there's, there's that where, where it's like the kid teaches us, you know, and, and we have to be really um, receptive and open and humbled and not think like, oh, mm-hmm. just because I've been on the planet longer, I have a longer time no. where I'm here. I don't know everything, you know, things. And, and also um, I certainly should respect that, you have a voice, you have, um, and you also have a, a, a personhood, right? Like it can't mm-hmm. be that, um, because you did something I didn't like that I have, that I violate your personhood, right? Like we can't yeah. like this as parents. And so I really hope that, um, you know, um, and I've, I've been, you know, I haven't, like I said, I don't spank or and stuff like that. And that hasn't been part of it, but yeah, yelling, like raising your voice too is, is not good, right? It's, it's harmful too. So I think it's like a lot. And also my dad never raised his voice, but my mom did, right? Yeah, so I have a relationship with my father because I, I feel so comfortable to tell him anything because even if it's like something I'm nervous, the voice never shifts. It's always yeah. like this, always even killed. And my yeah. mother, it's like zero to a hundred, right? <laughs> so I yeah. think it's like, again, too, my own stuff of like, nervousness of like childhood stuff that that I bring to an you know an an interaction so yeah Yeah. I've I've definitely learned I mean you never you never stop learning like like I said my son's 17 you will never stop learning yeah yeah oh well thank you so much for all that you have taught us we have learned so much in this time with you we're so grateful Again, you guys, the book is Own Your Glow, Glow Maven, Latham, you are an angel on this earth. Thank you so much. And we are going to leave you with a mama said. Remember, mama said, motherhood is amazing, and then it's really hard, and then it's incredible, and then it's everything in between. So hold on to the good, breathe through the bad, and welcome the wildest, most wonderful ride of your life. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Mama Said. The Lady Gang Network is produced by Will Sterling, Steve Delamater, Kirsten Woodward, and Elizabeth Bakeway. Thanks for rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts and tune in for new episodes every single week.
We want to thank all our sponsors for this episode of Mama Said. They are Progressive Insurance. Get a quote online at Progressive.com in as little as five minutes and see how much you could be saving. KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code Mama Said at KiwiCo.com. Meter. Get 15% off with code MAMA at M-E-A-T-E-R dot com. Nutrafol. Get 20% off at Nutrafol dot com and use promo code MAMA. Shapermint. Extra 10% off your order when you go to Shapermint dot com slash MAMA and use code MAMA. OxyClean. Go to OxyClean dot com slash TRYME, T-R-Y-M-E, for a free sample. Elderberry Super Immune Soft Melts. For 10% off, use the code MAMA SAID on iHerb dot com. That's I. Herb.com. And remember, all the info and links to these sponsors will be available in the show notes for this very episode. Thanks, moms. Let's face it. In today's uncertain times, simple conversations about your health can have powerful results. There's something you are likely eating every day. It can negatively affect your waistline, complexion, and overall health. On the Dr. Gundry podcast, Stephen Gundry, a renowned cardiothoracic surgeon and New York Times bestselling author, cuts through the BS to help you make better health choices. You have the ability to heal yourself if you give yourself the right ingredients to do it with. Dr. Gundry has spent the last 20 years empowering people around the world to help reverse and prevent some of our most serious ailments through the power of diet and lifestyle changes. You will change 90% of you. You will be a brand new you. Tune in to the Dr. Gundry podcast to start your health journey. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Because I'm Dr. Gundry, and I'm always looking out for you. You.